What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining Change My Status. Hey, guys, we got another great topic for you today. Hiccups. This is huge for me. Well, you know, really, all of these titles I can relate to. Uh, different things that I've experienced. But hiccups, oh my gosh. You know, um, I think if we're all honest, we can say that we've had hiccups. And when we really look at it, in some areas, we seem to have had issues, um, repetitive cycles. And I, I want to talk about managing triggers because I believe that this would be a great help when it comes to certain areas that we have failed in. I believe if we do not manage our triggers, we will constantly repeat the same cycle over and over and over. And once we begin to manage our triggers, then it will help us to make a better decision. And you're probably saying, well, what is a trigger? A trigger is something that happens that immediately causes us to do something, whatever that thing may be, and we repeat that cycle every time. For instance, if we've ever been in a situation, maybe we had some type of physical or either mental abuse, where maybe the relationship, maybe someone cursed at us all the time or, or they talked you know, in a very loud tone to us all the time. We can be in another situation where someone else may be talking loud, but they may just be a little excited and it's not intended to hurt us or to harm us, but it sets off a trigger. So what happens is our mind, our thoughts, our soul immediately goes back to that place and time where it happened and it was a hurtful place. So at that point, we begin to react a certain way. And so those are the things that I mean when I talk about a trigger. And so with the triggers, again, if we can learn to manage them, and I think counseling is so great for people and for all of us, anybody who struggles with this area of having hiccups in certain areas. You know, there comes a time in our life, and I believe all of us, where we just get tired of cycles. Just get tired of doing the same old, same old thing. And you know, we hear it all the time, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, but I have come to the conclusion that I think it takes more than one time being sick and tired of sick and tired. Because we find ourselves sometimes doing it over and over and over and over again. And you know, I thought about uh, in the Bible where Peter, and you can find this particular story uh, in Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 21 30 through 35. And Peter asked a simple question. He asked Jesus, if our brother offends us, how many times do we have to forgive him? And Jesus says, 70 times 7. Wow. Now, hey, that's a lot of forgiveness. That's 490 times. I mean, in one day. Now, y'all, I know I've been bad, and I know I can be crazy sometimes, but I really can't think of a time where I sinned 490 times in one day, at least not against one person. But here Jesus was trying to give us an example of the measure of grace that he's desiring that we walk in towards one another and also toward ourselves. But I want to tell you that this grace is different from consequences. It's different. And you know, I wish that we didn't have consequences. I wish that when we would ask for forgiveness and God forgives us, that there's no possibility for consequences, but there is. You know, we have examples of what can happen. I mean, we have the thief on a cross. I love that story. 
And the reason why I love it so much is because even at the very end, he had a chance to get it right. I'm going to tell you, as long as you're breathing, you have a chance to get it right. You know, and he was able to do that with Jesus. But the consequence of what happened and his decision making caused him to lose his life. And that is the great thing that even if we lose our life on this side, we don't lose our life on the other side. And that's the greatest thing about repentance and being able to be forgiven for our hiccups. Now, you know, we have some people that feel as though they do nothing wrong. You know, they feel like everything is always okay. They always make the right decisions. And when things go wrong, it's somebody else's fault all the time. Have you ever met people like that? They spend so much time being in denial. And you're talking with them and you're trying to get them to see, but they just keep turning the situation around. You know, I've encountered some people like that. I don't care what the situation is. If it's not a good situation, by the time you finish talking with them, they're going to turn it around and make you be the person that's at fault. They're going to blame the situation on you. And, you know, and it's unfortunate that we do that because what's happening is we are creating a cycle. We are creating loopholes to continue to do the same thing over and over and actually, we become quite comfortable failing in those areas because our mind has gotten to the point where we've become numb to consequences. We believe that even if we do it, it won't be so bad. Even if we do it, you know, it's going to be okay. And you know what? The truth of the matter, it will be okay eventually. But what I would like to do is to encourage us to begin to manage our triggers so that when we manage our triggers, we won't end up in these repetitive cycles. I can tell you a story um, about a, a friend of mine that told me this story about how when he was a child, how his grandmother raised him. And his grandmother didn't always have a whole lot of money. And so there were a lot of days that, you know, he wore shoes that had holes under the bottom or either, you know, they were, you know, just not big enough and maybe his toe was coming out. So, you know, he was picked on, you know, embarrassed. And, you know, I can imagine that. And he just went through a lot of sometimes just not having enough, at least in that area. So, you know what happened? He said, as an adult, he said every time he saw a shoe that he liked, he just bought the shoe. And he told me that when he looked in his closet one day, he had over 100 pairs of shoes. And some of those shoes he had never worn before. And he said he wasn't going to wear them, but he just liked them. But what he came to the conclusion was, the reason why he was doing that was because it was an area that had not been dealt with. It was an area of pain, of trauma that was in his soul of not having enough. So what happened was that it triggered all this excessive bite. And so once he came to that conclusion, he said he went to God about it and asked God to heal him in that area. He said that he began to get better. And then he said that he looked in his closet and took all the shoes out that he knew he wasn't going to wear, and he gave them away. And, you know, I applauded him. And I applauded him for, first of all, being able to look at it and assess the situation and say that there's something wrong with it. Now, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's hard for us to look at our own situation and realize that there's something wrong with it. Because our mind has the ability and our soul has the ability to keep telling us that it's okay. Our soul has the ability to tell us that you don't have to change. That this is not a bad cycle. It's just something you do. Listen, 
just the something you do can cause us all kind of chaos, all kind of chaos. You know, I'm going to again talk about myself, you know, when I was, you know, doing the things that I was doing and mind you that I was a preacher. So I went into the category of fallen preacher. So one of the things I told God when I began to come back to him, I said, okay, God, I just want to be saved. I don't want to do no preaching. That's my former life. I don't want to do that again. You know, just, you know, let's just let go of that idea. But you know what? God wasn't through with me. And guess what? We can't obey him 10%. We have to go all the way. And so since God had not came to a conclusion that my preaching days were over, eventually I had to do it. But I want to tell you, one of the consequences of the things that I did is the fact that I encounter a lot of people sometimes, they just don't trust me. I encounter people who believe the good that I do, that in some cases I'm doing it from some other type of motive. I have people that actually believe if they see me with certain people, they just believe that there's something sexual going on. Now, does it make it be right that they feel this way? No, but it is a consequence. It is a consequence for my actions. But on the flip side, I'm able to continue to move forward because the one thing that God promised me was that he would give me a brand new audience. And guess what? If you're listening to me today, you are a part of that brand new audience. So I'm able to continue to go on because I realize that I can't change how people feel about me. And I can't necessarily even change what happened. But what I can change is moving forward, I can do the very best that I possibly can. And guess what? Here it is again. God is judging my progress. And so he's setting me in different places. He's taking me to different arenas. And guess what? You may be experiencing that today. Well, maybe some of the consequences you're facing is because of decisions you've made. And maybe you feel like you can't go back. Or maybe you feel like things are not going to change. But I want to tell you, when your heart is turned and you're doing everything to process to go to the next place, God can give you a whole nother new setting. He can give you a whole new set of friends. He can do whatever it takes in order for you to make it. Because in this life, we're going to have hiccups. In this life, we're going to make bad decisions. I don't care if you have the anointing running from your head down to your feet. At some point in time, unless you're Jesus, you're going to make some bad decisions. We can look at the Bible and see that. You know, David, my boy David. I love David. The Bible says he was after God's own heart. But you know the story. David had some issues. Yes, he did. And the issues he had was David was the first person, I believe, that gave an us an example of what porn can do for you. Listen, David was on that balcony. And he really wasn't supposed to be there. He was supposed to be out in the war. But David took a day off. And he set himself up. Sometimes we can set ourselves up when we're supposed to be here, but we choose to be there. And David saw that beautiful woman, and he wanted her. Lust took over. Now, David was already married. He didn't really need another woman, but he wanted another woman. Remember what I said in the other episode? What we're not supposed to have usually is what we want. Yeah, it happens to everybody, whether we admit it or not. We don't always have to act on it, but at some point in time, we see something. Uh, we want to taste something that we're not supposed to have. But the Bible says that, you know, he does the necessary thing to get to the woman. And then he tries to cover what has happened. 
And because right then he refused to be accountable, as we spoke in another episode, accountable to the Lord and repent to the Lord, he continued to walk it out as if nothing ever happened. But what God did was he sent a prophet. So David ended up being accountable to the prophet by saying, yes, repenting. But one of the consequences for David's actions was that the sword did not leave his house. Chaos happened with his children. All kind of different sexual encounters happened. So this is one of the reasons why we want to be careful and we want to repent and we want to try to walk out another place because I don't want my children's children. I don't want my nieces and nephews. I don't want people connected to me spiritually to have to always experience something that I've already experienced. So this is why we just do the best we can. Now we know we're not perfect. There was only one perfect person. But what we can do is we can grow from our hiccups. We can grow from our bad decisions. We can decide I'm going to deal with these triggers. Let me tell you something. And you probably don't think this is really funny because it is, but it's my story. And I'm telling you, if you listen, it's going to help you. I made a decision two years ago that I was eating too much fried chicken from Popeye's. That's right. Honey, I was going to Popeye's at least four times a week, maybe five. It was right around the corner from my job. And even before I was working that close, I was still making that track across the bridge just to eat Popeye's chicken. I mean, and I ate it and it was excessive. It was too much. And so when I came to a decision that I needed to do something different, that this was affecting my health, I made a decision, but my body wasn't ready to quit. My body was like, girl, you can't be gonna give up that breast. You can't be gonna give up the biscuit, the red beans and rice. Y'all, it was calling my name. So you know what I had to do? I had to manage my triggers. So normally the way I would go home, which is the way pretty much everybody would go home if you're going across the bridge, I had to drive right by Popeye's. But hey, I had to come to the conclusion that I wasn't strong enough to pass by Popeye's. I wasn't strong enough to just whip my car in there. So you know what I did? I was managing my trigger. I started going around the back way. I took the long way home so that I would not have to pass by Popeye's because I understood that it was still a weakness. Although I had made the decision not to go, it was still stirring up in my flesh. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you look at it and you can't have it, or you say you're not going to do it, but you still want it, yeah, you're like 50-50, yeah. So I had to make a decision, and I did that for at least a year. So now it's been two years. So guess what? I am to the point that I can drive by Popeye's. Now, am I saying Popeye's is bad? Absolutely not. Am I saying you should do what I do? Absolutely not. But again, I'm telling you that it was an issue for me as far as my health. So I needed to make a different decision. But at the same time, in order for the decision to work that I made, I had to manage my triggers. Now, I'm going to tell you, everybody talk about that chicken sandwich. Woo! It has been hard. I mean, I keep seeing a commercial, you know, everybody talking about it. And you know what? I'm like, God help me. I had to pray. And one day, oh my goodness, it was so real. People say the struggle is real. Listen, the struggle was real. I mean, it was so real. 
I wanted Popeye's so bad until it felt like, you know, my flesh was tingling. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you want something. I mean, it was like I was lusting for that taste of Popeye's. So what did I do? I had to manage my trigger. And sometimes managing your trigger is praying, praying in the spirit. Yes, sir. I was like, you might be laughing right now, but I had to take my medicine. I had to do what it took for me to get past the level of temptation that was going on. It's again, it's called managing our triggers. So all of us, we have triggers that play a vital part into causing us to make decisions. Now, are you gonna manage all your triggers all at one time and get everything right? No, you're not. But what I'm asking for you to do is just to start somewhere. What I'm asking you is to just get to a place where we realize it's an issue, that we have a problem right there. And listen, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, it says that if we will confess that we have an issue, in other words, I'm struggling with my eating, I'm struggling with my spending, I'm struggling with lust when it comes I'm struggling with sexual perversion. Whatever it is, we first have to confess it. Because if we don't confess that it's a problem, even accountability will not help us. Because we won't follow what we're being told. We won't even try. We just continue to make decisions. So we have to, in order to manage the trigger, we have to first confess. So we confess to God that it's an issue. I'm weak. This happened in my life. And so now in order to cope with it, I'm now doing this. But there are consequences that are happening. And God, I just need your help. And the Bible says that when he does that, that he is faithful and he is just and he forgives us. Now, I didn't say that man would forgive us, but it says that he forgives us. And I'm going to tell you, we need him to forgive us. Because man can take our life, man may determine some other things, but when you have your life and it's embedded in Jesus Christ, see, I'm living for him to say, well done. Yes, I want to live well on this earth, and I want to accomplish a whole lot of things, but my main objective is to hear him say, well done. And so I just hope that I've said something that's going to encourage you to help you when it comes to hiccups. And again... I don't want you to have any shame. I don't want you to have any guilt. I don't want you to have any condemnation. And the only way you're going to not have that is to go to Jesus and let him wash you. But in the midst of that, let's work on these triggers. Let's work on the things that cause us to have these repeat cycles so that we can move on from them. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll see you next Friday.